Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. So I decided I'm going to try kind of a new, I don't know, kind of segmented style of podcasting. Not like it's not going to change much, but I kind of wanted to start introducing more segments in because the more I go on other podcasts, the more I'm like, oh, I really like this idea. or Oh, I really like that idea when it comes to having segments at like the top of the episode and then like to end the episode playing games, etc. Solo episodes will obviously be different than the, you know, guest episodes because it's like a little easier to play a game with a guest, but we're going to try this one out today. And the first segment I kind of want to intro into is just a life update because something happened to me yesterday where I had this like very, I don't know, a specific internal monologue and like was trying to push through kind of an uncomfortable moment. It wasn't really that uncomfortable. Like that makes it sound more dramatic than it was, but you know, there's those moments in your life. You're like, I took note of this and then I had to like actively apply things I've learned about myself and about life in the moment. So let's get specific and I'll, I'll explain what's going on. So last night I went to a dinner with Longchamp, which is like a international luxury brand. And I've actually had the ability to work with Longchamp in the past and I've gone to a couple of their events and I feel really lucky for that because they're such a cool brand. The events are always amazing. The team's amazing. But I'd never been to an event where I had like a sit down dinner and I found myself sitting at this dinner and this like beautiful, amazing home in the hills. The whole decor was like top notch. It was supposed to be like a ski lodge vibe in Los Angeles, which they totally achieved. And at dinner, I'm sitting next to a bunch of people that I didn't really know. Like I would say a lot of my friends were kind of scattered about the dinner and we all had like our place settings or whatever. So I'm sitting next to a couple of people and they are all international. They're all like really fucking cool, just like luxury influencers and business owners. All I think a little bit older than me, maybe like, I don't know, four to five years within that range. And, you know, some of them had children and they're all from different countries. Like the girl across from me was from Madagascar, which was I'm like, I've never. <laughs> OK, that's insane. And then the guy that she's dating that was with her is from Lebanon. And the girl next to me and my left was from France. And the girl on my right was from New Zealand. And like 
they all had this like very international experience of traveling everywhere and talking about where they're going for the holidays. And everyone's like, so where are you from? And I'm like, um, <laughs> have you heard of Texas? <laughs> Feels like a different country sometimes as opposed to California. But anyway, I just like felt, I don't know, there was a sense of like imposter syndrome that has been following me this entire week, to be honest. But especially last night, I was like, shit, like they're going to find me out. They're going to find out that I'm lame and I shouldn't be here. And I had just had like a quick moment of like, I don't know, almost like silence. I was like, I don't even know what to say to these people because they're so much cooler than me, kind of. So I kind of had to sit there for a second and not let it take over me and be like, you know what? You got invited to this. You deserve to be here just like everyone else. And I had to actually like, I don't know, in the moment, use the tool as many of us call fake it till you make it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm just going to pretend like I am the coolest person that I know and everything's going to be okay. Obviously, I was like way in my head about that and no one really gave a shit where I was from, to be honest. But their lives were just so, so different than mine. And it was such an internal experience that I don't think anyone else would have really called out. But it did make me feel kind of like an imposter. And like I was about to be found out at this table and they're going to be like, oh, my God, why is she even here kind of thing? So I had that moment with myself this week. And I've had a couple moments like that. I had um, a listener came up to me recently in person. And sometimes when people approach me in person, it's not my first hunch that they're coming up to me because they like my podcast. I think that they either think I'm someone else or, you know, just like normal people stuff. Like if a person approached you somewhere, you'd be like, me? Question mark? Like I'm looking over my shoulder like, are you talking to me? (laughs) And little moments like that, I have to really remind myself like, hey, be normal. You deserve this. Like, it's okay. People can think you're cool and you don't have to like actually panic every single time or think that like you're living a lie. And I think I just give myself anxiety about this. And I was talking about this recently with my friend Kelsey and I was on her podcast, Circle Time. I think her episode's coming out this week or our episode on her podcast. I loved going on her podcast. We were talking about imposter syndrome in a big way there. And we both kind of have this like, pre-recording podcast jitters, which I don't know why I get them because I'm literally like this episode I'm recording by myself and just talking stream of consciousness. But we almost like psych ourselves out as if we're not supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, but we're, this is my job. (laughs) I'm not lying. This is my actual job. (laughs) And I'm not living like a full lie, you know? So anyway, I've just been struggling with that. And last night it all came to like a head and I had to just decide to feel deserving and to feel like I belong, even if in the moment it was kind of more of like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Because really, it's obviously deeper than that. It's like you need to understand that you're deserving and you need to be confident and all these things. But in the moment, a really easy tool for me to use is fake it until you make it. Another thing I've been doing that I mentioned on Kelsey's episode, I don't know if that's going to be airing before this or not, but... I mentioned that I've been doing, (laughs) because I did it on the way to record her podcast. I've been getting ready or driving and putting on kind of random, like on Spotify, I'll go on Spotify and search like magnetic meditation or like meditation to complete a scary task. I don't know. I'll just literally search those words in Spotify and I'll listen to it and try to internalize it. Obviously, I don't like close my eyes and like do the whole thing, but just having it on in the background does make me feel better whenever I get to my like the place I'm supposed to be going like I literally did it before I went out to like day drink the other day when I was getting ready because for some reason I was just like getting anxious so that's actually been really helpful for me again if you're driving please do not 
actually meditate, but internalizing it, kind of repeating some of the mantras, it was helpful. I got something from it, even though I didn't go through a full meditation. So that's something I wanted to note because it was like an experience I had that I feel like a lot of us have. And, you know, one of the tools that I used or two of the tools, I guess. And then second life update, I think I'm going to try to get, this is so random. I think I'm going to rent an apartment here in LA while Joe and I are doing all of our moving stuff next year. Cause we'll leave technically leave LA in like February for spring training. And I don't know where we're going, but I was like, I love being here. The more that I'm here, the more I realize like why I've loved it so much. And I want to come back often. And I mean like a week long hotel in Los Angeles is going to be probably more than me just like getting an apartment and paying rent. So that way I can have it like my friends want to use it and I'll have a place that's my own. A lot of my stuff's in storage. So like putting my stuff up in the LA apartment would be great. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really diving into that. And today I was listening to a podcast that I've been binging lately. It's called the 333 Perspective with Kaylin Malley. She's also on TikTok. So I've been listening to her podcast a lot. It's like pretty spiritual. And I really like the way that she gives out like spiritual information because it's digestible and it makes sense to me the way that she says it. So I was listening to her podcast today, episode 23. It was like about being uncomfortable. And I've been very big into like asking the universe for signs for things like just in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm making the right decision here. If I need to jump on this, like send me a sign, you know, and I believe in that stuff. So she called out, you know, the idea of taking big leaps and like really engaging in your life can be like kind of scary. So for me, like getting an extra apartment, like I don't know why, but it seems scary. Obviously, there's like a financial element to it. And it's a little bit of an investment of myself, I guess. And especially I want to be here recording a lot more in L.A., versus like recording at home wherever we live. So anyway, in the podcast, you mentioned specifically like maybe you take that big jump in rent because it's a place that you really like that puts you in a place that's going to give you, you know, the ability to produce the work you want to produce or live the life you want to live. So I took that as a someone speaking directly to me <laughs> through her. So I think I'm going to do it. I'm looking around. We'll see. And I want to have a space that I'm proud of again. And also just like a place to put all my things because I like have them scattered around the U.S. right now. Like we've got storage in Dallas. I've got a place here, obviously. There's like office space. (laughs) There's just a lot going on. I have some stuff at my parents' house. So it'd be nice to put my stuff somewhere. Okay. So those are my like two life updates. Two other things I want to mention at the top of the episode. I created a Geneva group for anyone who follows me on social media and for you guys as well. Um, if you don't follow me on social media, come on over and follow me on social media. I'm at Peyton Sarden on everything, basically. So the Geneva app has been great. I'm like slowly getting more people joining the app. We've got rooms for basically every city that requests a room. So like we've got like Austin, Dallas, Houston. We've got like some rooms for like people in London. We've got New York, LA, Scottsdale, everywhere. So you can join the Geneva group. I will put it in the show description. And then also note to self merch is still available. I just bought myself the 2X maroon crew neck, which I'm really excited to receive. And just so you'll know, the merch is made to order. So I really wanted to like, you know, avoid creating a ton of waste and having a bunch of product on hand, which actually ends up being more sustainable in the long run. So when you order something, it's specifically made for you. And I'm really excited to see you guys wearing your merch. 
before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews. So why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. I've personally used ZocDoc to find reputable doctors throughout my many moves this last year. It's really made it easy for me to find doctors with patient reviews, which was definitely important to me, and find doctors that are available when I need them. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. You can find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments, and now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com to find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. So you can go to ZocDoc.com slash note to self and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash note to self. ZocDoc.com slash note to self. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Eileen Kelly, and I'm the host of Going Mental. After struggling with these incredible highs of a booming career and then the unbelievable lows of losing my mental health, I voluntarily admitted myself to a psychiatric hospital. I ended up staying over five months, learning not only how to better manage my symptoms, but also just get my life back on track. So I'm here to say that no matter where you are, you're not alone. On my show, Going Mental, I'm going to be talking to guests about their own mental health journeys, as well as talking to professionals. New episodes every Thursday, and you can find Going Mental on Dear Media anywhere you listen to podcasts. Going Mental all of the time. So now we're on Consumption Corner. This is where I'm going to talk about what I've been listening to. So first of all, I've already said the 333 Perspective podcast. I've been loving the episodes are relatively quick, and again, the information is really easy to digest. And I just like the way that Kaylin phrases things. It just like really hits with me. So I feel like a lot of you guys would like it too. 
And then this will be coming out after The White Lotus. I'm pretty sure it's the season finale. But I'll be watching that on Sunday. And I have two predictions. So I think that either Albie has something to do with everyone dying, whoever's dying, or Daphne has something to do with everyone dying. Or both. I'm not sure. If you haven't seen the second season of White Lotus, I can't go into detail about each character because that's just going to take too long. But if you know, you know. And I think that's like, they're kind of like the ones that no one expects, you know? Or, and or I guess, obviously something's going to happen with Jennifer Coolidge's situation, whatever her name is. I forgot. Tanya? I can't remember. Anyway, something's going to happen with that too, but I don't know if it's necessarily death. But Albie and Daphne. Keep an eye on them for sure. Also, can we talk about how Theo James is so freaking hot? I just have to say that. Joe, if you're listening, I love you. You're amazing. But Theo James is so freaking hot. Next up. (laughs) So now let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. We're going to do an Ask P episode today. At the top of all of these episodes, I always want to note that this is really just for fun. Okay. I really appreciate you guys writing in your Ask P submissions. If you want to submit to Ask P, you can find that in the show notes. And it's all anonymous. I don't know who you are. Give me all the details forever and always. But I wanted to say that you know you best. And I don't know everything about you or your situation. Even if you give me as many details as you can, I'm still not coming from your own perspective and your own life experience. So you know what's best for you. And that's kind of like the cornerstone of Note to Self (laughs) is connecting with yourself and figuring out what's right for you because I can't make those decisions for you because I'm just not equipped to. I can only do that really for myself. So I want you to take this with a grain of salt if I'm answering your question, but I do like to take a stance. You know, I don't want to be too like moderate because like then I would just be sitting here talking to myself all day because I I could do that. I could be like, well, on one side I would do this and then the other side I would do this. So I'm just going to say what comes to mind. I have briefly looked over these questions, but I haven't really like sat down and thought about them yet because I wanted to give you all like my raw response. So let's just get into it. I've got five Ask P questions and let's see if we can get through them. All right. Number one. Hi, Peyton. First off, I look forward to your podcast every week. It's the highlight of my commute. That makes me so happy. I don't mind LA traffic because I listen to podcasts all the time. Like as long as I have some podcasts queued up, I feel you. I don't mind it at all. Okay. On to my question. I, female age 28, am newly dating an amazing guy. He is 34. We started dating at the end of September and made things official in November. This might be TMI, but here's the question. We recently started sleeping together, and while he has no trouble getting things up, he lasts forever and then never actually finishes. We'll be going for almost an hour sometimes. Am I doing something wrong? Should I bring this up to him? I feel so awkward about it. Everything else in bed is great, so I don't know what to do. Please help me. Thank you. Okay, never TMI, okay? Never TMI. Sometimes when people ask me what my podcast is about, I'll be like, okay, well, for example, I have a podcast episode called Sex on Antidepressants. (laughs) There's just so many angles there. So never, never, never TMI, okay? Let me think about this for a sec. My body like physically winced when you said you keep going for like an hour because who on the planet wants to be having sex that long? Like I, it hurts just thinking about it. Just... I'm not feeling great right now. So we need to fix this. You and I, look at me, we need to fix this. So obviously, sex can be a difficult topic to broach, especially for the first time in a newer relationship. So I didn't 
talk to Joe about sex that much in the beginning for sure because like it just even for me is like I don't know it's uncomfortable I don't I don't really know why I wish it wasn't that way for me but I've always found it uncomfortable so I feel you on that one but the only way things change is through communication and you kind of have to just face it I think and talk about it obviously do so outside of the bedroom when the sex is not happening (laughs) don't do it in the moment but I wouldn't also approach him with like what am I doing wrong? Like, are you okay? (laughs) Is this normal for you? I would approach it in a way, like a positive way. Joe's actually really good at this about spinning, you know, questions that I have in a very positive light. So I'm learning a lot from him. So I would say something like, you know, what do you like? What can I do? Like, what would you appreciate in bed? I would ask him a lot of questions that have almost like a positive spin because I also know that asking men or really anyone questions about sex can not only make them uncomfortable, but make them feel like emasculated a little bit, depending on the way you ask it. And if you care about this person, you probably don't want him to feel that way. So I would keep that in mind. It is a sensitive subject. So I would approach with caution and I would approach with love and kind of positivity in a way and do so and make him feel as good about himself as possible. Like you're trying to not help him at all, but you're trying to make him feel as good as you possibly can. Cause then it's like kind of like a sexy conversation as well. But I totally get, God, I felt so uncomfortable talking about sex with Joe, even like now, sometimes we've been dating for two and a half years. We literally had sex the night we met each other. <laughs> we've been having sex for a while. Okay. And I still sometimes get like that little inkling of that feeling too. So I feel you, you are not alone, but you really you already know communication is key. I just think it's all in the approach and that can go really far. So report back. Let us know, please. Maybe come to the Geneva chat. I will say in Geneva, I've been doing discussions every week in the note to self group or room in the chat and kind of just putting up an episode for discussions saying like, like last week's episode, I was like, what are your favorites of 2022? What did I miss? What do I need to try next year, et cetera, et cetera. So we can all kind of just chat about things. So if you can become a Geneva member, that'd be sick. And let us know in the episode chat how it's going, you know? So Nutrafol is one of my favorite sponsors because I've genuinely loved this brand for such a long time. I've really been working on my hair lately. I said this time and time again. And I've had so many of my friends notice in real life. This happened literally yesterday. My friend was like, what is going on with your hair? And I'm like, it's the Nutrafol. So 30 million women are impacted by weakening or thinning hair. If you're among them, know you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support Note to Self by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Note to Self to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. 
and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code note to self. All right, number two. Hi, Peyton. I'm a recent listener and really loved your Ask P episode, so I decided to write in. I started listening to your podcast because I am looking for my next step in life. I'm 25 and I moved away from my hometown right after college to a medium-sized city three years ago. Now I've had my engineering job for three years and do enjoy the work I do. However, the past four months have been a whirlwind. My boyfriend of two years and I broke up. I started having some health issues and I have a nagging feeling that there is something beyond my current job. I've been an artist from a young age, but decided to make that a hobby when I went to college for engineering. Now I have enough saved to be okay for a few months with no income, and I'm deciding between taking a full break from my job to figure myself out, taking a risk on creating an art business, or just simply switching jobs or moving cities. After having my dream job and moving to a new city, I expected everything else to fall into place. Any advice on how to get rid of that nagging feeling? Thank you. Love, successful, but wanting more. Let me think about this one because this is such a good question. One, I do want to acknowledge first, I am so sorry that all that stuff just like hit you <laughs> so hard with the breakup and the health issues and kind of the feeling that nagging, like incomplete feeling almost that many of us have about various things in our life, but especially like a job like engineering. My best friend from home is a engineer and I know how much work goes into getting that job and how much schooling and how intense it was for her. So I know it can seem crazy to just like look up and one day I'd be like, wait, do I even like this after all of this? And that would throw me for a loop for sure with the boyfriend thing and the health issues, just a whole mess. Obviously, I, 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 I'm so sorry. So one thing I have really been thinking about a lot lately is how like once we get to where we think we want to be, we might be happy and cool in the moment, but we're always in flux. We're always changing. So you're always going to want something else but that makes sense and not even in a negative way like you you just want to explore more maybe you conquered this thing and you're like all right well now like I'm kind of itching to explore something else and for me I do like I've said many times before especially with career think it's more of a jungle gym rather than a ladder like you can kind of add things in try new things I know with engineering it doesn't really work that way I can say that easily with my own job but let me just say what I would do. Okay. I can't say exactly what you should do. I'll just say what I would do. If I was feeling this way, I've saved up money to live for a few months with no income. I don't know if I would take the leap quite yet because I think I would personally want more than a few months of no income. And I like to have kind of like a side hustle thing going on when I was in college. And as a full-time student, I had my blog, which is how all of my whole career started as more of a side hustle. And I was able to do that and build it up without worrying about how to pay my rent and like feed myself because I was still in college and I had a great scholarship and a lot of my parents were helping me, of course, when I was in college as well. I got really lucky with that. So it felt like it wasn't necessarily a huge risk, but I was able to purely enjoy building that kind of on the side. It was a lot of work to put in like a normal work number of hours to that project on the side of school. But I just loved it so much. And I, I knew I wanted to try my best to build it. So I personally would do art as a side hustle until it becomes one of those things you're like, okay, like, this could really happen. That's what I would do. 
There is an argument I can make, though, for taking the leap and trying it out, especially if your job is something you can get back if you need it as like a fallback plan. So if you're going to like leave your job and then you're going to be like shit out of luck, let's say you take three months to figure out what you want, kind of like a little sabbatical, which I'm always for. If your job is kind of secure, I don't see really a a reason not to do that. And then maybe if it isn't so secure, if you're not sure, you can come back as like your little backup plan. Maybe just do a little side hustle moment for a little while. See how that feels. See if you're actually enjoying yourself. You'll have to maybe work on the weekends or something, which is what I do now still, but have done for a really long time. And if you love it, you don't really, you know, you don't really mind. Like tomorrow, I'm so excited. I'm going to go take myself to lunch and write about everything I want and what I intend for Note to Self for next year. Like, I'm excited to go do that on my Saturday. Like, it'll be so nice. I'm going to set everything up. I'm going to get everything organized for the end of the year and then start really um, approaching next year. But like, I really love what I'm doing here. So it doesn't feel like work. That's kind of a little bit of a tangent. But I would say me, I would do it as a side hustle and try to build a business, try to make some money off of that because it will just give you a little more security and confidence as you move forward. And then as far as kind of feeling unsure and having that nagging feeling, I always have that feeling. I I don't know how to get rid of it, to be honest. I think exploration is really helpful. I think traveling is really helpful. I think kind of dipping my toe into whatever it is that I'm having a feeling to do is helpful. Like, um, I would really like to do some more art myself. So I'm like, do I do ceramic? Should I start painting? I want to brush up on my French. I bought myself a French grammar book. I listened to some French songs. Like I'm dipping my toe in the little things that I want to do. And then also planning ahead. Like I want to travel a lot next year. I'm like booking out the months and looking at the months that I could travel and kind of starting to plan it to make it real life because I have those inklings now. But I think there is a feeling, I think it's just human to have a feeling that there's something more in a lot of areas of life. And it's, I think it's one important to explore and also balance that with the idea that the grass is not always greener, which is a hard balance to strike. And I think only you know when you're trying to look for greener pastures versus when you actually feel like stuck and like you need to do something else with your time, you know, and you have to really connect with self and figure out, okay, am I a person who does think the grass is always greener? I'm always wanting something that I don't have. Can I never be content? Because that that'll be different than if you're actually having like a nagging feeling that that never happens to you. Um, You're having that nagging feeling that you just want something more. So definitely check in with yourself. Start exploring something as, you know, a side hustle. How are you going to monetize this art to support you in the future if that's what you decide to do? And really go through like the checklist and the experience of trying to build that on the side maybe while you already have the security. That is, again, unless you can take a little sabbatical and your job is totally fine with it. You can come back in two months, three months when you decide kind of what you want to do if that's your choice to go back to work. But yeah, I feel that nagging feeling all the time constantly but I have it like in a toxic way and I have to be like Peyton shut the fuck up (laughs) everything is great be normal (laughs) you know it's great stop bullshitting and stop just thinking you're missing out you know on something all the time that's what I'm working on right now actually all right number three my boyfriend and I are relatively new but discussing what to do next year about our relationship and moving cities he's getting out of the army and moving to either Houston or Boston for a job he wants me to move with him 
but also wants me to prioritize my career first, which I agree with. I'm about to start grad school online, and I'm at a flexible place in my career where I can progress in school and find a job anywhere. The idea of moving is exciting to me, and I'd most likely be moving to a new city anyway if he and I weren't together. So I'm looking towards moving with him, but the idea of moving for a boy is scary to me. How did you decide to move to a new city with Joe? What was the thought process, and do you have any tips about making a decision like that? Thanks in advance, and love the podcast so much. Love, H. So this is a great question. I, okay, let's see our timeline. So I started dating Joe when we were long distance. And when we were first dating, he was actually up in Northern California. He took his 2020 baseball season off. So he was at home where he's from. And I was able to see him quite a lot. Actually, it was great. Ended up being wonderful. But we were relatively close. Like it was long distance, but it wasn't like super long distance, you know, and I saw him a lot. And then he went to spring training in Palm Beach, Florida, which was definitely far away from, I was based in LA at the time. So um, that was definitely more of a hike. And then he was in DC for a season, which was definitely more of a hike as well. And we did that, the whole long distance thing for a year and a half. And then I am 28 years old. Now I'm turning 29 this month, actually. I just hit a point right after I turned 28, like at the time I was turning 28, I was like, I need to have like a real relationship experience. Like I was in this long distance thing where we would go see each other like once a month and we'd be together for a week. And it wasn't really like, I don't know, it never really felt like real life. So I decided to move in with him because I was like, you know, I'd like to get married in the next five years. I'd like to start having kids in the next five years, hopefully, if it all works out. And to do that, I need to make sure this guy is like, for real. I need to make sure this guy and I could work on a day-to-day basis. And like, I, I had this like pragmatic portion of it that wasn't being explored because it kind of just felt like not real life every time I saw him from a long distance. So my whole thing was my lease was ending. I wanted to figure out if, you know, we liked to be roommates together, basically, if we worked day-to-day, um, if we could have the arguments that couples have when they live together. And if I could get to know him on a way deeper level, instead of just dating him long distance, kind of like dating, but quote dating, because I just felt like it was my time to really get more serious about this, given what I see for myself in the next five years. So for us, particularly, my job is flexible. I can basically do my job anywhere and I am able to travel a lot and I'm in charge of my schedule. Joe, we cannot say the same for Joe. And as a couple, we decided, obviously, I would be moving because his job doesn't have flexibility and mine does. So it was just like a kind of a give and take. It was like an obvious answer. I was technically moving for him, but really I was moving for us, you know, and there's plenty of things that he does day to day for us as well. Or, you know, some people could say for me, but really it's for us. It's for the good of the relationship. So I never really felt, even as independent as I am, I never have felt that I'm moving for him. It's just for the relationship, which helps me in the end as well, because I do have that freedom. Obviously, it would be a different experience if I did not have the freedom to move. We would have probably just been long distance for a longer time, and that would have made things a lot more complicated, I will say. But I think sometimes people will frame it to me like I move for him personally, and they'll be like, well, why why would you move for him? I've had comments like, why would you move for him if there's not a ring on your finger? Why would you change your life and uproot everything and move for him if he's not promising that to you? Like, you don't know how it's going to end. I'm like, then I'd move wherever I want if it did end. Like, what? I would just 
go wherever it is that I need to go. It's not like I'm moving for him and I can't ever leave or I'm moving for him and I can't. We if we break up, I just have to sit there in that city and hate my life. Like I have control over that. And for me personally, I wanted to live with someone before I started committing myself to them and like especially getting engaged and like legally tying myself to somebody. I wanted to live with him for sure and understand how he is in the house, understand how he is when he gets stressed, understand how he is when we fight or when there's like, what are we going to do with money? How are we going to handle finances? How does he handle finances? Is he smart? Is he frivolous? Like I wanted to see all these things close up and that was really important for me and how it turned out with our jobs. I was the one that moved and I don't really look at it. It is a sacrifice, but it's also been such an adventure And especially with the ability maybe to have this apartment in LA, it's a little more stable for me and something to return to. I feel like just almost even better about it and better about my decision. So I think if you have the inkling to move and you kind of want to anyway, which I was definitely feeling that way, don't worry too much about the optics of moving for him because you're really moving for you too. You're going on a little grand adventure. I think it's going to be really fun. And I feel like the only thing you've mentioned here, the only reason why you wouldn't do it is because you don't like the idea of like moving for a man, which I had to get out of that headspace because it was honestly like kind of a weirdly egotistical and selfish headspace that I was in. And I still feel it sometimes because people make comments all the time about it. And I'm like, damn, I did move for a man. Then I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm still same old me, independent, strong. I'll do what I want. The move didn't change that at all as much as the world might try to make me feel that way. Um, I'm not going to let it. (laughs) And I don't think you should feel bad about that. It's just the situation y'all are in. It's easier for you to do that. And if you already kind of feel like you want to, let's do it. Let's go on a grand adventure. It's actually been really great. And I've learned so much about myself and about Joe and just about relationships in general. And I don't regret it at all moving in with Joe. All right. Number four. Hi, P. I'm 26 and struggling with my current work situation and need some serious advice. I've been at this company for three years and have met some great people and learned a lot. It's not at all what I thought I would be doing career-wise, but financially I'm doing great for my age and place in life. That being said, my boss is beyond toxic, unpredictable, unprofessional, and a terrible leader. I deal with severe anxiety and it started to get really bad once I started under this boss a year ago. She forgets meetings, blames me and my coworkers for her mistakes, and makes weird fucking comments about things. Like she told me, I think it's so cute that you choose to dress up every day. (laughs) In the most condescending way. She's also insinuated that I was dumb because I'm blonde. Like, how old are we? The industry is not at all something I'd like to continue in and have enough passion for. And dealing with my boss is really starting to wear on me. I've tried to have conversations with her about her communication style and her professionalism, and they've been wildly unproductive. It scares me to switch career paths at 26 and possibly make less money in the process, but I don't know how much longer I can tolerate her. What would you do? So one, I would definitely leave. The toxic environment like breeds just like bad vibes. And then you, not that you want them, but those bad vibes are put on to you and then you carry them around with you. And I feel like for me, I'm very into like manifesting what energy it is that you are carrying with you. And I feel like it just keeps you at such a low energy and low vibration in order to like kind of have more things like that come into your life. Like I, I just feel like that's so real. So I would definitely leave this job and make less money for my sanity. Absolutely. I've done that actually a couple of times in my, my career. I've decided to make a little less money in order to like not 
feel horrible, which has been worth it in all the ways. And it kind of gives you like a little time and like a little energy re-up. And then once you get back to your like positive, good vibe energy, I feel like great things just come into your life. And when you move blocks like this, um, better things come in. And I truly believe that. I, I talk about that all the time with relationships. Like when you stop paying attention to fucking assholes, because that fucking asshole is taking up space that like a really awesome good guy that's meant for you could, but you're paying attention to the asshole. The good guy can't come in because you're talking to the asshole. Same thing. I guess you have a different kind of asshole in this experience. But yeah, I would leave easy, done. Obviously, you have to create an exit strategy, but you know, that's what I would do. All right. Last one. Hey, bestie. So I've been in a relationship with this boy for around a year who I met at work. We still work together. Dot, dot, dot. Help. And I don't know how I'm feeling about it and would love your thoughts. I'm 20 female and he's 21 male, by the way. We are very different people. E.g. I'm very driven, love traveling, very into wellness and personal growth, etc. And making the most of my life, especially as I'm starting out my 20s. I want to thrive. He's super laid back and chill and like unmotivated, which I find clashes massively and can cause me to feel frustrated. And like, maybe we aren't a great match. We spend our free time in such different ways. And I'm honestly scared it's going to hold me back in a way as he doesn't have the drive I do. Like I'm not as focused as I could be. He's generally a lovely person and we do get along, but I don't know if I can be bothered to stay in a relationship with someone I feel doesn't re really see life the way I do. I've never had to end a relationship before, especially not with someone actually nice. And I'm scared. I'll feel so guilty and shit, but I don't know. Thoughts. So I think this is huge. And the fact that you said he just doesn't see life the way you do, that's like a value thing, you know, and it, there's one thing to be in a relationship with someone who's different than you. Like Joe is pretty much opposite of me in like every regard. But the thing that I love most about him and the thing that we share is like a passion and a motivation to do our jobs and like jobs that we love, you know, and that's how we really connect. So if you are not finding well, one, you don't have to be exactly like the person that you're dating in order for it to be a good relationship. It's okay to be opposites because opposites do attract in a lot of ways. But if you are struggling to find something really important, a really important value to you both or a couple values that you really agree on, because Joe and I have a couple, I would say it's obviously not the right relationship. And 20 is very young. You're just starting out this. And if you're already feeling that almost like nagging, holding you back, especially when you're having like your moment right now, like entering your twenties, like you're the next decade is going to be fucking amazing and full of a, so many lessons and everything. I would definitely cut it off, especially if you're already feeling that nagging feeling. I personally have broken up with someone that I genuinely loved as a person and I just had to do it because it was better for him and it was better for me. It was not easy in the time and he did not take it well, but eventually he did and he moved on and found a great girl. And I just like, I think that that's the best thing I could have done. But in the moment, it was really difficult. But it, you just got to face it. You know what I mean? It never gets easier. <laughs> so that's it for that. I wanted to do the last two pretty quickly because I'm running out of time here. But I hope I answered everything like you guys wanted. <laughs> I hope you got something from this. Sometimes it's hard for me to like really narrow in like on exactly what I would do. I feel like I maybe need more information or I don't want to give out like bad advice. But I do my best and I really appreciate you guys sending your questions in. Some last notes here. So at the end of the episodes, some of the episodes I've been doing my note to sells for the week for myself. And I want to bring that back and actually remember to do them because I keep forgetting. So this week, like I said at the top of the episode, I just keep noting to myself that I am deserving to be in every room that I want to be in. And I need to start figuring out better ways to just squash this imposter syndrome and just decide to be confident 
And right now I'm using the fake it till you make it strategy and it's working in the moment. But obviously there's some like underlying work that I need to do there when it comes to that. But I always just, I'm trying to, you know, comment to myself that I'm deserving and I'm not an imposter. No one's going to find me out. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. And I'm meant to be in all the rooms I want to be in. As well as I had a really visceral experience today of a girl DMing me the sweetest, longest message. And I was just like actually crying. It was so kind. And it was all about how she really appreciates my strength and the way that I live my life and how she really wanted my advice on something and listens to the podcast and everything like that. And it was just the way she said it was just it really struck me. And I want to note to myself, it kind of makes me stand even firmer in who I am when sometimes, you know, all of us have moments where we're like, oh, what's going on? Like, what could I do more of? That experience kind of bolstered my own confidence. And I really am appreciative to anyone who reaches out and says such nice things. But it reminded me that the way that each of us lives our life is really such an inspiration for other people, even if we don't realize it. And if we don't know them, like it is very impactful to kind of stand in your truth. Also reminding people of that, that you love and that you're around and that inspire you is really important because it can make all of us feel a little more confident, even if we seem like the most confident people on the planet, (laughs) which I do have my moments that I am not confident. So I definitely learned that and it just made me stand a little bit taller today. So thank you so much for that DM. Lastly, you guys can follow me on social media. I'm no longer posting on the at NTS by PS socials. It's just all in my own social media at Peyton Sarton. So you can find all the episode updates, links, everything there. And then join that Geneva group. I will put the link in the show notes. And then please remember if you have a sec to rate and review the podcast, you can rate on Spotify, which is absolutely huge for the show. And you can review and rate on Apple Podcasts, which I really, really appreciate when anyone takes a second to do that. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.